0: Whoa, 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 yep, it's the Supernaturalist podcast show, show, show. If we haven't met yet, my name's Darren, Darren Stott, nice to meet you. Lead pastor, yes, I'm a pastor at a crazy cool church called Seattle Revival Center. Check us out online at seattlerevivalcenter.com. Author of a book, yes, I wrote a book, it's called Pattern Interrupt, check it out on Amazon. Sure, to not disappoint. Also, check out the audiobook, that's a great time, okay? And founder of Supernaturalist Ministries, this show exists to connect and equip and promote emerging supernaturalists on a global level. I trust that that's why you're listening. That it's your desire to see God's kingdom come, his will be done, established through your daily creative contribution. It's such an honor to have you listening to the show today. He's the president of Destiny Encounters International, an ordained minister, cutting-edge prophetic voice, and shot-after international speaker. I'm talking about Charlie Champ. Yes, his new book, Mystical Prayer, is flying off the shelves in the cyber digital shelves, and you need to get your hands on it. Buy it now, today, before you forget, on Amazon. It's Mystic Prayer, forward by James Gall. Okay. Now, before we dive into this conversation, I just want to take a second to just say thank you. Uh, thank you to all, all you guys. You guys have been so incredibly generous with your words on iTunes. Yes, I get your emails, and uh, really, that's why I've, I've continued to uh, engage with this podcast. Look, it's not that we have like millions of people listening to this thing. Not yet, but I will tell you this. There are a lot of very grateful and generous people that are listening to this podcast, and so I want to just be uh, generous with my words and affection towards you, and just say thank you so much, and thank you for leaving all these all your reviews on iTunes. As you know, iTunes reviews that's a that's a big deal. There's so much content that's been that's being created every single day, um, even in the supernatural creative space. When it comes to our own Christian stream that we find ourselves part of so much content and what reviews do is they help iTunes aggregate um, kind of the um, the gold from the noise okay and um, and you guys have really helped us uh, do that and so look if you haven't had um, uh, the, the, the time please create some time and just take a second or two to rate and review this podcast on iTunes that would be mighty fine of you also if you haven't done so yet make sure that you subscribe to this thing uh, subscribe on iTunes if that's your preferred method of listening to podcasts. I know it's mine. But if you're not using an iPhone and perhaps you're on like a, a Droid, if they still make those, or like a Galaxy um, thing, um, then, in, and I ain't judging, okay? I'm just saying. I just don't know all the verbiage, okay? So if you're not an iPhone, make sure that you subscribe on SoundCloud or an alternate um, podcasting app. But make sure that you subscribe so that Our weekly supernatural content downloads automatically onto your device so that you can stay in sync with Supernaturalist Ministries and all the supernatural content that we create. Now, if you're a fan of this podcast and you share our Supernaturalist DNA and values, then you are going to love this episode. It's raw. It's transparent. It was created in the middle of a snowstorm. So like as you're listening you're going to hear plows scraping by and Charlie and I we just dive into some uncensored unedited conversation regarding the state of the prophetic and opportunities for the earth. You are going to dig it. That's that's what I predict. So without any further ado, let's dive into this conversation with the one and the only love this guy. It's Charlie Champ right here right now on the Supernaturalist Podcast show. Let's go. Connecting, equipping, and promoting emerging supernaturalist. Ha <laughs> ha ha! created for such a time as this. All right, and here we go. <laughs> there is more. He said what? Charlie. What's up, man? What's up? Good to see you. It's good to see you too. Welcome to the new studio. Hey, it's awesome in here. Yeah, man. And uh, right now we're like, we're in the middle of a snowstorm. Yeah, this is like Snowmageddon. So we've had one snowstorm hit. The second one hit last night. There's literally about almost a foot of snow that dropped last night. And tonight we're doing a meeting. We don't even care. We're just, we're doing it anyways. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> like me you and the cloud witnesses (laughs) that's right we're believing for 10 people tonight if we can get 10 people man we're gonna extend
1: there's more angels in the room and and it's true the fewer people the more angels you ever notice that yeah that's not true crazier (laughs) experiences like the trans (laughs) the the amount of transfiguration only had three four people that's right
0: that's right that's right yeah it's gonna get crazy tonight when the people don't show up heaven always shows up that's it right People might hear the plows going by because we got like plows working to get ready for the rest of our meetings this weekend. That's an angel. He's actually doing the plow. No, I'm just kidding. I warned you. Like, right? I was like, I tried to get you to turn around in Tennessee. I don't know how hard I tried, but I was like, dude, it's it's about to get real here.
1: You got to have a. You got to get caught in at least one good snowstorm. I remember <laughs> years and years ago. Um, I was doing a meeting, and I don't know now. Now I'm a little bit like kind of plan my itinerary around like weather locations. So like if it's a cold winter, I'll do something like in a hotter place. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. but but when you're first traveling and you're itinerate, you just take like any meeting you can get. So I remember these meetings like ten years ago with me and Monday Martin, and uh, it was in Fargo, North Dakota, <laughs> and it was sub forty. Oh, man. It was so cold outside that um, I like you would throw like a glass of water into the air and it would just literally freeze instant instantly. And I remember asking the guy that was hosting us. I said, "Um, is anybody going to be at this meeting? There's just no way. It's 40 below. Like who's going to come out? And he was like, no, no, no. They'll be there. And so we got to this meeting, and, and it was and it was held in a, um, it was held in a hotel, and the place was packed, like people waving flags and stuff. It was awesome, and you know Alex Parkinson, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His uh, wife actually came to those meetings with her twin sister and her mom and dad. And that's the reason that she uh, ended up coming down to Jeff Jansen's school at the time.
0: Really? Yeah. So it
1: turned out to be amazing. It was a yeah, but the, I mean it wasn't like totally packed out, I mean, but um, that that's kind of cool fruit. Like if you think Absolutely. about it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. What, what's like the what's like the worst what's like the worst meeting you've ever done? The worst meeting I've ever done. Um <laughs> like the one where that still gives
1: you nightmares to this day. <laughs> Man, I'm trying Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, it's interesting. i i don't I don't really remember like a. You could go there. Come on, talk about horrible.
0: You've never had like a horrible meeting, um, where they were like, "Prophet Charlie, Prophet Charlie." Then he showed up, and then they were like,
1: "Oh, well, you know, I had an experience one time, like early on, where um I was doing a meeting. I won't say what the state or anything was. This is like the um." Days when you would just jump in your car and kind of drive, mm-hmm. and that was um, that's what uh, Jeff told me when I first started. <clears throat> he said, "I'm boy, I'm gonna do for you what what Bob Jones did for me." And I was thinking, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna get the the great uh, you know the list of all the churches I can go to." He was like, "He was like, just go and do it." And like he hit me, and I was like, "Is that it?" <laughs> he punched like, you in the nose. Yeah, yeah it was like he hit me on my my arm. And I, and, I, and I was thinking, okay, what what's next? And he was like, and that was pretty much it. That was it. He was like, just, yeah, just. Not even 50 bucks. Yeah, just go just and do like, it. And he was like, that's what Bob told me. Now you go and do it. And I was like, all right, let's do it. But um, yeah, I was doing a meeting in, I won't say the state. Yeah, sure. But uh, the guy literally took an offering for me. This is terrible. But uh, the guy took an offering for our ministry and then after the meeting was over with, he he wasn't gonna give me any money, and I drove to this meeting and like had my family in the car and everything, and um, he he, I asked him like, well, yeah, it was a great meeting and everything, and uh, you know, thanks so much
0: for. It's just one know. of those things where you're just like kind of waiting around. Like, yeah, you're, you know, know, just kind of everyone's gonna no, wait, and
1: he's like waiting for you to leave, and you're like kind of waiting like, hey. uh— you know, the lights are shutting out and everything's done, and you're waiting. Like, you know, he's gonna, like, give me, you know, an offering that he had suggested that people should give. Anyways, so he he reached in his in his bag, and he gave me like fifteen dollars. Okay. And and he said, I hope you can get a meal with this. Yeah, it was. Wow. It was bad. Wow. You, and it wasn't even say? it wasn't even like it was a bad meeting, like people got healed and stuff like sure, that. Sure. I don't know what his deal was. Um, Yeah, I just took it. I took the offering was like, God bless you. And, uh, you know, that was it. Um, yeah. And then and then I saw the guy several years later. Mids, maybe like seven years down the road. I was preaching at a much, much, much larger, well-known church in that region. And he came to the meeting and was like, man, we'd love to have you back sometime. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't think that we can do that, but God bless you. Dude,
0: a, a mutual friend of ours, I don't know if you've heard this story before, he got invited to do a conference. And it, the closer it got to the conference, um, he was getting a little worried about it because he wasn't seeing any sort of advertising for the conference. So he reached out to them and he's like, Hey, are you, are you guys like advertising this or are you getting word out? And they're like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we don't just want you, we want you to bring your family. So bring your whole family and you're going to stay on site. We're going to do this big conference, this big camp. I don't know. And so uh, man he showed up and there was like no one there right and it was like cold it was, I don't know like this crazy campground it was like cold it was just like it was not fun like not the kind of place you want to bring your family and no one was there right and so um, I think he I think he did these meetings for like five or ten people or whatever and then when it was all when it was all said and done um, they didn't give him any sort of honorarium or anything. And he had flown his family there per their request, and so he was like, so he was like very like kindly like asked about like, hey, what's up? And then they were like, you think you think you're like this incredible prophet? You think that you're um uh, reaching, to, uh, reaching out to all these celebrities and all? This, and we we brought you here to humble you.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: And and he was just like, okay, you know. And then he and then he just let like you know he didn't say anything, you know, bro. I don't know how, I, I don't know how I would, <laughs> I don't know how I would responded, but I, I would have definitely responded. There would have been some, but that's a crazy story, dude. Well, there, there, have you heard that one before? No, that's yeah. pretty, that's and pretty, dude, there's a lot of details I'm leaving out just because you get into too many details. People might start figuring out, you Yeah, know, we don't, you know, we don't want you know, to where shaming people here or something, but
1: <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm glad that that's crazy. Yeah, that's where I'm glad I had, like, Brother Copeland teachings early on, like, to walk in love with people. (laughs) Because, like, you'd be like, man, you know, what is going on? Hey, the mention of that, um, like, craziest meeting. Yeah. um, I remember one time this was, I was probably 23 years old, and I was in Uganda. And um, I was at this church, and I was ministering. And nobody was like responding to what I was saying. It was yeah. like they couldn't hear what I was saying. Yeah. And um, I'm like, Lord, what's going on? And the Lord told me, he said, um, he said, the guy that's interpreting for you isn't interpreting correctly. And he's doing it on purpose. And the Lord told me that he was a Muslim. And so I turned to the guy in the meeting and um, I said, you're not interpreting me correctly. I, and I pointed at him when I did that, a wind came and knocked the dude to the ground. Whoa. He started screaming. Wow. And at the same time, no, this is no exaggeration, Every single person in the church, including the pastor, started to manifest demons. Oh, come on. Like serpents, like slithering on the ground. <laughs> That's an awesome story to hear about, but that would be horrible to be there. Yeah, I didn't find out till after the meeting. Like <laughs> The that, pastor started slithering? Yeah, even the pastor did. I was like, wow, everybody in the church is demon possessed. <laughs> oh, man. Some churches like that are in... in, in Game on. In, ding, ding. Like, yeah. There's there's churches like that in America, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> God, like which
1: ones? Uh, anyways. Uh, but the it's The name rhymes with... <laughs> there you go. And the guy ended up getting set free, but I didn't know that the church had hired a Muslim to interpret for. Oh me. my goodness. It was, he it had was a Muslim kind of crazy, interpreter
0: dude. and he was basically just giving his own sermon.
1: Yeah. He was basically just like saying all kinds of crazy stuff to the people. And, uh, but yeah, that was the early, those early <laughs> days. Did I ever tell you when my dad hired a, um,
0: uh, a Muslim to be his social media, media manager? And no, yeah, dude. So my dad like hired some like Muslim social media manager off of like uh, Elance really yeah he didn't know that he was a muslim though and my dad's like i'm a minister a preacher of the gospel to the nations and the guy's like yeah i'll help you out right so my dad's hiring this guy dude all of a sudden like my dad starts putting up these islamic um memes like 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 one of them was like praise to allah you know like this like jihadist kind of like propaganda. like i was like dad (laughs) i called my dad up i was like dad like what's up like What's, like, did you convert on us? Like, are, are like <laughs> you're trying to lead a jihad? <laughs> He's like, what are, what are you talking about? He went and checked it out, and the guy didn't think he was doing anything wrong. Like, when well, my dad was like, you know, uh, I work for God, and and we're gonna be doing good work for God. He, he was translating it as like Allah, right? So the guy was just thinking like, hey, I, I'm wow. just gonna take a little liberty here and run. It was pretty funny, man. Wow. Yeah. My dad was always getting into kind of crazy, wow. kind of like, you know, you got to do a little, you got to do an interview first,
1: right? If we hire someone. <laughs> I know. That's crazy. <laughs> Did I tell you that story about, um, about when I went to Nigeria when I was uh, in my early 20s? I don't know. about. What, the, what happened? So um, there was this bishop that I was connected to that was um, out of Rama. And he had like came out of Kenneth uh, Hagin's kind of ministry, and yeah. then Vincent um, uh, uh, Idahosa was his other spiritual father. Oh, so awesome. This guy's pretty awesome. intense. Anyways, he was doing a conference. Um, we had about three thousand people there, and like in this tin shack, it was like one hundred and fifty degrees. You know, you got the the fans that don't don't they're twirling, but nothing's coming off of them, <laughs> yeah. and and it got you dressed in full on suits with ties. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, so he's up there and he's receiving this offering. Yeah. And he's like, "There's ten people who need to give a special offering to the Lord." And I'm thinking, dude, there's three thousand people. It's going to take like five minutes. Ten people give an offering. Awesome. Yes. An hour later, the guy is like, the bishop's like, there is still one more person. Who needs to give a special offering to the Lord. And so there's a guy that was all the way in the back of the meeting, and he jumps up, and I'm like, praise Jesus. Here's the <laughs> special offering. Well, the guy jumps up in the air and starts levitating. Oh, wow. He starts wow. flying through wow. the air. You're watching this. I, you yeah, this. and I'm fresh out of Bible school. Like, and wow. I'm just wanting to go into the nations and preach the gospel of Jesus <laughs> Christ, <laughs> And so the guy's all the way in the back. And I'm like, this is interesting. The guy's flying through the air. Wow. And your eyes like take a double take. Yeah, totally. Because you're like, is this really happening right now? And um, he's coming. He's coming. And it was like, you know, he would land and then he would just flat foot jump up and then levitate. But it was like pretty fast. He's coming to the front. Nobody's moving. That's crazy. The bishop's in the front with the microphone. He's just standing there looking. And uh, he's just about to get to the front. And I am so no, hold
0: on. Nobody's doing anything during this. Like nobody's saying everybody's just watching this guy as he's like, as he's flying through the air towards.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty much just looking and doing nothing. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm going to, because he's coming right on the same aisle as I'm on. Crazy. And I'm thinking if he gets up to the steps, he's coming right at me. I was like, I'm going to kick him in the head. And then I'm gonna like cast the devil out of them,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. Knock them out, and then cast the demon out. Yeah, and so uh, that's what you got to do. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And
1: and you know, uh, for all those young, hungry evangelists and revivalists that are listening, all you supernaturalists. Yeah, you're 19 years old. Teaching moment here. I'm gonna tell you something really important. When you go overseas and you're praying for the sick, never close your eyes. So true. Never ever close your eyes. Like to like I get in the spirit if I close my eyes. Yeah, you'll get something else. You'll get murdered. Yeah. So don't ever do that. <laughs> you'll both get kicked. That's like the number one thing you need to know. But anyway, so he's he's coming to the front, he he gets almost to the front, and the two guys on the end of the row, which I didn't know were ushers, they were ushers. They jump up and grab the guy out of midair. Wow. And pull him down and they're carrying him out and he's looking at and he's like <laughs> He's like, you know, full on dismanifesting. manifesting. Well, the bishops in the front, they carry him out the back, and they you can hear him in the back casting a demon out of him. Like, you will come out of him in the name of Jesus. And the kids, rah. And I'm thinking, where am I right now? And the bishop stands up <laughs> and he goes, That boy will never be the same. There is still one more person (laughs) who needs to give a special offering to the Lord. That was my introduction to Western, Western, Western Africa and Nigeria. That is amazing. He didn't even skip a beat well, right, uh, right back. Well, to the- oh. yeah, this guy was a master at uh, deliverance. And I mean like real deliverance. So he would get up during the meetings and he would be like, there's a hundred people in here right now who have demons. You will manifest now. And then he would he would do this sound with his voice, like he was dropping a bomb in the in the church. He would be like, "Pew!" And I promise you, a hundred people would drop in that meeting, all slithering like snakes, and they would throw them in the front of the church. And uh, yeah, so nobody can ever convince me that demons aren't real because I've been seeing too many things. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's yeah, crazy. yeah, no, that's great. Did I tell you about that kid that uh, in in Korea this last week when I was in I was ministering in Korea and, uh-uh. and he had demons uh-uh. and um, I was I I did this service on Sunday morning I was praying for uh, I did I did an altar call and I preached on on rainmakers like becoming the cloud awesome. and releasing yeah, awesome. revival in nation and gave the altar call and there was a lot of young people that came to the front and just getting hit joy and just getting really whacked well. There was one kid in the back. I said, if you want prayer, just line up and I'll pray for you. So I go on down and I'm praying for people. This get to this one kid. He falls out and the and he starts just like manifesting, but he's like he's like puking out demons. And the kid doesn't speak any English whatsoever. And the demon just starts crying out of him, Don't touch me. Get your hand off me. No, we wanna stay here. And you know, he started talking to me in English, and we ended up driving the demon out of him. And then um, that's terrifying. Yeah, and yeah, then my, ter-
0: wait, wait, oh, like, yeah, that is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what you just did. That was yeah. Uh, it was just. It wasn't it was like space. you know. Things not touching me when you did that.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you know how a lot of uh, a lot of like extreme deliverances you see, they're like screaming out. This one yeah. was really like. Like you know, wow. Don't touch me! Wow! Leave us alone!
0: Wow! Yeah. Is this the guy that was like
1: started burping? He was yeah, like he, he had a, it, demons. Yeah, lots and like foam was coming out. Yeah, dude. What do you think about?
0: What do you think about this? Whole, like, so regarding deliverance, there's there there's loud deliver like especially a lot of stuff that you see with TV doing. It's like it's very demonstrative, right? It's very like you know. Identify yourself. Like, I am the demon of internet scams. like Right. right? And I help, you know. And so, it's, man, it's definitely entertaining to watch, right? Like, and some of that stuff, it just makes so much sense. Like, I knew there was a demon of internet eBay scams, right? And now I got proof, right? Right. But I don't know. What do you think about... Like, the, like a lot of people are really against, like, ec- deliverance is too extroverted because they think it brings too much attention to, to the demonic. So, like, I've seen... You know, they also feel like it, it embarrasses the person, you know? So, like, I know there's a lot of big fans of, like, just basically quiet deliverance. And the idea uh-huh. that deliverance doesn't have to be loud and crazy. I know where you and I are at. Like, like, you and I, we like we love the wild stuff, right? Right. But And yet, we're not into, like, shaming people. But, like, when, when do you think it, like, a deliverance needs to be, like, more quiet versus loud? Like, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, are you, like, the more crazy, the better? Or, like, do you have any sort of, like, you know...
1: Well, I think the nature of, of, of the, the kind of ministry that we're in, um, it, you're going to see more wild, bold kind of deliverances because of the preaching style and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not necessarily into like finding out the names of the demons and stuff. But what Have I've you noticed, ever tried? um No, I've just always driven them out. Yeah, like you know, by by you know, just like the blood of Jesus. You're like I don't really care how. I've noticed that. I've noticed that uh, I I see a lot of deliverances in the midst of my preaching, and I don't ever stop. I just keep preaching. Like we were in in in, um in um in the uh, nation of Kenya this last uh, November, and we were doing that crusade. Yeah, and I saw this lady on the like the right in the front because i released a word about deliverance from um suicide a demon a a spirit of suicide and i saw this lady just drop and she started rolling on the ground manifesting and i knew she was getting delivered but i didn't stop preaching i just figured once once a demon manifests it has to leave you know what i mean it's already exposed and it's going to be driven out you know it's the power that drives that out um you know uh I remember I was with uh, Brother Shambok and he talked about how the first time he ever cast out a demon, and it was with A. a. Allen. Wow! And Brother Allen um, uh, told him he saw this woman come into the meeting. He said, "He said, uh, he said, uh, you know, you see that lady back there?" And Brother uh, Shambok said, "Yeah, you're gonna have your hands full tonight, Brother Allen." and casting all them demons out. Wow. He said, Brother Allen said, no, he said, uh, uh, Brother Shambok, you're going to have to take care of that. He said, because I got to pray for the sick tonight. Wow. So yeah. you're going to have to drive the demons out. Yeah. And so uh, Brother Shambok Went and took the, uh, he said he got three um, black ladies to come with and and he said get them blood songs ready, girls. It's like old school Pentecostal, right? You know, yeah. and uh, and um, he said they were in there for three hours trying to cast this devil out of it, out of this woman and she is like you, you know you're not going to leave, I'm not going to leave, I'm not going to leave. He said he was getting worn out. He said sweat was coming in his shoes. And he was trying to drive this demon out. And finally, he was just about to give up. And uh, the, um, the woman said, uh, you know, the demon spoke out of the woman and said, uh, you're, You can't cast this out. You don't have the power. And uh, he said, "He said, uh, My elder brother destroyed you. Jesus destroyed you 2,000 years ago on the cross and he said the demon said to him no don't say that don't say that and he said say what he said we know that we're defeated but just don't say that and, wow. then, and then that's when wow. he said he got the revelation about it's not about his authority it's about his authority in Jesus to wow. do about demons amen and then he said that he said i command you in the name of Jesus to come out of this woman and and then all the demons came out and uh, the funny thing is is that he said? Uh, he said, um, "How are you feeling?" He asked the woman, "How are you feeling?" And uh, she said, uh, the, "Another demon spoke out of him, and, uh, out of the woman, and, and it was like the last devil, and said to him, we uh, 'We're all gone now.'" And he said, "That was that lion." You know how Brother yeah. Shabbak was. He said, "That's that lion spirit." <laughs> he said, "We drove that out too." Wow. Wow. But you know, uh, wow, hey, Alan awesome. made it made a show out of everything. Everything was dramatized with Brother Alan. You know, he would bring that like he would have some lady puke up a frog that was demon possessed, and he'd be like, we put it in a jar and put it on the front row. Well,
0: Alan believed that sickness was was a demon, right? Like he always approached um, infirmity as a, as a demon, right? And like he would see crazy. Um, Crazy miracle, like just crazy miracle. Like I, I like his, his consistency, right? Like with with his healing ministry was through the roof,
1: right? Um, well, healing but, and deliverance is hand in hand. When you have a miracle ministry, that, yeah, deliverance that. goes one hundred percent with the healing ministry. It's it's walks it walks very closely. And probably a minister that that walks in that um, that that
0: ministry of. Um, deliverance and healing just consistently is katie Souza yeah she will do a whole a whole message on one particular kind of demon and you're like are we really going to do a whole message on a demon on a specific demon and then you'll be like i don't really know and she'll support it with all these scripture verses And you're yeah like, okay maybe and then all of a sudden she'll drive that thing out and the crazy miracles that follow it are just right are just nuts but A.A. Allen yeah he would, he he would he would bind and cast out and then the effect of that the effect of it was was crazy miracles man
1: right well, and it's and,
0: awesome uh, i love that
1: yeah and and it takes a mature a maturity in the spirit to recognize um, when deliverance is happening you know what I mean? In the midst of healing, there's deliverance. Sure, sure. So I never make a make a real speckle speckle like a speckle, like just go Spectrum. crazy. Yeah, yeah, out of it. Yeah. Um. But you can tell when somebody's getting delivered from a demon. Totally, totally. You don't have to like. Some people may not know what's happening. Totally. But there is something that's happening. And, yeah. And if you're sensitive and you're operating discernment of spirits, you can recognize um what's going on like a spirit of infirmity could be on somebody's body mm-hmm. and uh, as soon as i touch them i i feel that infirmity i'll cast it out mm-hmm. you know it's in, in, in or a spirit of pain sometimes people have of interesting yeah like they will yeah. it'll have pain in their shoulder one day the next day it's in their lower back the next day it's in their knee sure next day it's in their eye sure and i i i say uh, you know that's a spirit of infirmity sure so yeah,
0: I, um, I like what you said that every every act of healing is an act of, of deliverance.
1: Totally, yeah, absolutely. And, and you and you notice like with the in the Bible with Jesus, right? When when the woman came bowed over, and uh she touches Jesus, the Bible doesn't say that she had a back problem. The Bible says that she has a spirit of infirmity. Right, right, right. So. It wasn't a back problem, wasn't like an issue with her back. It was a literally a spirit that was making her boat over like that. And in the Western church, um, we've shied away from deliverance. And there's been some extremity, extreme like yeah. things that have taken place in the area of deliverance in the Western church uh, that I don't agree with. But we've become so sinker sensitive that we're like, well, we don't want to like just drive out the demon. We want to put it in a back closet somewhere. And I'm the kind of guy like, no, in the middle of the service where it's like the most, the faith is the highest. That's where you're going to see the biggest amount of deliverance. It's just like um, when people bring 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 someone in the back room with me um, that want like special prayer for something. Mm. I always tell people um, I can pray for you right now by faith, by faith, sure the, the the you know the prayer of faith will 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 save the sick sure but if I'm operating out of my gift, out of the gift the Lord has given me in the midst of that, when that thing comes on me, I'm telling you right now, 100% of the time you're going to get healed. Wow. And and wow. I know when it comes on me because I'll feel that switch right in the middle, sure. and, it, sure. and especially the gift of faith. The gift of faith comes on you. It, it comes on you so strongly that uh, you feel like you could fly. Wow. And when I feel that on me, I'm just like line up everybody. And it may only, it may only stay on me for 15 minutes or 10 minutes. And that's why I'll give like, almost like a shotgun list of words of knowledge because I know why that gifts on me if I can get them up there they'll they'll get healed wow 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 man there's an awesome story uh, uh, um, I did a,
0: uh, a meeting and uh, Peter my son um, had a word of knowledge for me he gave it to me over the phone and he said uh, broken hearts I said "Well, that, you know that's, that's a sweet kind of word of knowledge so at the end of the meeting I said alright well hey my son had a word of knowledge broken hearts that's you come up you know toes on the line and it was crazy because basically the whole church responded, like like literally the whole place. And I don't think that's normal. Like if you if you like maybe if you give a word like that, you, you're gonna get some people to come up, and you're gonna have some people crying on the. You know, when you give a word like that, you know, people will come up, and everyone expects maybe some like you go through a little sozo, some inner healing, or you know. So everyone comes up, and, and I'm expecting, I I don't know what to expect. So I start praying for people. As I start praying for people demons start coming out of people like it becomes that's like the normal it's like um one guy like jumped on the on all fours and like came after me like he was a bull he's a big guy and I, like and I was having fun with it And I like I, I was like oh yeah I, I like got out of the way and um and but at least they were coming people were getting radically set free and it went on for a long time I was exhausted like finally I was just I was exhausted man it was like midnight and I was like fighting a crazy cold I sh- I probably should have canceled you know the trip but I'm like, I'm done. I have nothing left to, like, I am done. And wow. I'm, I'm out of the meeting, and I lo- and I left my cell phone charger in the meeting. And I didn't have no ar- armor bearer, nothing like that, right? So, like, I have to, and I I need it. My phone's dead. I need to charge it that night, right? I got to have my phone. So, dude, I had to go back in the meeting. And when I go back in the meeting, this lady comes up to me. She's like, you know, hey, keep praying for me. Keep praying. And I was like, no, I can't. Look, I am, I, I, I am done, right? Like, I am done. And she's like, She's like, well, then I think I'm just going to go commit suicide tonight. Like, that's what she said to me. She's like, I don't want to live anymore. I have cancer. There's nothing else they can do. They've treated it with everything they can treat it, you know. And she's like, so I'm just going to. And I, that made me mad. Like, that made me ticked off. I was like, you, wow. don't, you don't manipulate someone by saying, like, pray for me. And if you don't, I'm going to commit suicide. Right. So here I am. I'm sick. I'm tired. And I'm mad at her. Uh huh. So I'm like, fine. I'm going to pray. And, um, but I, I got really mad (laughs) and I I said to her, look, Jesus is going to heal you tonight. And that spirit of suicide is going to, is going to be broken off. You understand? And she, and she looked at me with like, kind of that, like, I doubt it kind of a look like just like this.
1: Right. No, it was just like this total
0: defeated kind of, and, but I was, I was ticked, dude. I was ticked. And so I just like, I just like, like, I don't think I, I didn't push her over, but I was like, you know, (laughs) And she hit the ground screaming, like, as if I heard her. So like, but it wasn't me. It was, like the power of God just hit her. Wow. So the next night this lady comes up to me and this lady, and she's like, Hey, remember me? I was like, no, no worry. She's like, I was the gal that was, that was, had the spirit of suicide on me. That was, um, uh, that, that, have ca- that has cancer and all this. So you notice any diff- difference? I was like, yeah, you look like a completely different person. I can't even recognize the lady. She's like, you notice anything else? I was like, no. She's like, do do you remember the huge tumor that I had out of the side of my leg?
1: I was like, no, I I
0: didn't know you had that. She's like, I haven't been able to sleep on the right side of my body for the last six months. She's like, the tumor's completely gone. Last night, I slept on the that apathy was gone wow. that you know it's just so funny man like like just i was tired i was like done i was you know and here's this lady like Ugh. you know was she got completely set free and like again a demon came out she comes back the next night no cancer come on yeah it was that it was amazing she slept on the right side of her body wow yeah i love that yeah i love that stuff too man like it was a crazy night. It was extroverted, crazy delivered stuff. But man, the fruit the the fruit in that meeting was just
1: incredible. Yeah, I love it, man. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. The deliverance ministry is awesome if it's you know, I I, <laughs> I love it when you just you know, see a bunch of people get set free. Yeah, absolutely. And you've done
0: lots of stuff in Africa, man. I would love to I would love to get over there and just yeah. in
1: that, you know. Depends on you know I always I was in um, I was in uh, India oh yeah with uh, Surrey yeah. Diboraj you know Surrey yeah, yeah yeah he's awesome and uh, we were doing this pastors conference there was like had to have been four thousand pastors there it was like it was huge this is an awesome meeting anyways um, we had to uh, do Alex Parkinson was with me as well mm-hmm. on this. And, um, I'm thinking if I should, no, we're, we're going to go for it. You're so, on. uh, so I'm in the back room before go there, go I'm, there. I'm just going to go there. This is raw and undone podcast. <laughs> you're listening to this, you're getting the secrets. I'm in the back room and the, and, uh, the pastor of this denomination says to me, um, uh, we're going to do, you want to do an oil anointing service, which I love doing oil anointing deliverance services. I do those all the time. And uh, we were going to anoint all these people. He said, you can, you can, you and Suri can lay hands on everybody, uh, but just not your assistant. So that was Alex. Okay. And that was because he had tattoos and he had his ears pierced. Yeah. And so um, anyways, so we had a little bit of a discussion in the back room. (laughs) And um, I was going to leave if they didn't let him pray for people. And um, so, anyway, long story short, they ended up letting uh, him pray for people because if they didn't, then I, I would have left. It, the interesting thing because was— Because he was disqualified from ministry because he, he had tattoos yeah, his and his ears pierced. Yeah, and his ears pierced. Right. Which is— inter- Yeah, sure. anyways. <laughs> um, what was funny about that was that I must have driven out— and Surrey and I talked about this later on that that next day. I must have driven out about a thousand to two thousand demons out of people. Wow! Out of wow. pastors wow. and leaders. Wow! Like everyone I was touching was just like screaming wow. and like casting these demons out of these, uh, and they're rolling around on the floor. A pastors like, oh,
0: conference with four thousand ministers, and they all, had, and all getting
1: delayed. they all had suits and ties on. <laughs>
0: No tattoos. I'm not saying anything. No, but, no. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> I was going to ask you, so we, uh, we had Patricia here this week and she was talking, she mentioned quite a few times the whole state of the union address. Yeah. And we haven't really talked. So did you see it? I lo- I watched a little bit of it. Would you, what do you think? What were your thoughts when you were like when you were watching that?
1: Yeah. I thought, I thought, um, I thought the president did well. Yeah, I, 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 I
0: liked it. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, so Patricia got really upset because of all the women in white Mm. and just that whole. And then when, when he went after abortion and all that, and just the response, like all those women's response. Was like crazy. Like speaking of manifesting demons, like their faces were like twitching. Their eyes were twitching. Like they were like, you
1: know. Yeah, that's definitely a spirit of the age. Yeah, yeah, that's, that that, like that was interesting. Yeah, that's that's, yeah, that was. Did you that know it was difficult
0: to watch? Did you notice how like when Trump started, it was really it felt really awkward. It felt really like kind of like these one liner kind of statements that that he was making, and, but then by the end. He had this rhythm that just felt like, because it was way more, I felt like, I don't know if you saw this, at the beginning it felt somewhat political. Like I'm going to make all these great statements that everybody's going to agree with. And, and so everybody's standing up, clapping, the Democrats and the Republicans, right? And a lot of people say, like, this is him uniting the country. Like, this is what he needs to do. He needs to unite the country. So he's making all these statements that everybody agrees with. Everybody's standing. Because they have to. If they don't stand and applaud for some of the things he's saying, then it makes them look horrible, right? Right. But, he, but it was really awkward. Because it was really because it felt forced. Mm. And so everyone's going through. But by the end, he's going after stuff, right? Like stuff where he knows that it's going to create tension in the room right and the more tension there was the more comfortable he became like this is just my observation but it mm-hmm. looked like you know president trump like like the more uh, the more tension in the, the room the more he settled into it and the more natural it became and the more i was cheering for him like like that is right like that is truth you know right and uh, because when he was saying all these great statements There was, there they were truthful, but it didn't really matter. But but it was political, versus you know by the by the end it was like like it was like look I know you might disagree, half the country might disagree, you know I like and so man watching him and observing him. He thrives in the conflict, man. Like well, I was going to say that I, I think that I
1: think that uh, I like him when he is off the cuff. Right. No, and he's script, just, no teleprompter. Yeah, when there's when he's just speaking from his heart about the about how he feels instead of like having somebody else kind of give him the talking points of what he wants. Um, I don't believe that President Trump is a Republican. He's an independent.
0: Sure. He's sure. not
1: Democrat or Republican.
0: Well there was a lot of concerns about that when he was voted in like is he really going to endorse conservative policies right when he was voted in like there's a lot of conservatives that were nervous about that right well not conservatives let's just go to republicans like right. we're voting for this guy he's our he's our 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 ticket right for our team for republicans but is he really going to but do you think that he i mean what do you think when you say that, that he's not really a republican like do you
1: do you think he is like do you think Republicans are let down? No, I don't think they're let down. I just think that um I mean what that that party is never going to be the same, which I well, you know, I prophesied about that. Yeah. I said that when um President Bush went uh senior died that 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 uh God would uproot that whole system. Wow. And he would wow. change wow. it. Wow. And I said the Republican party will never be the same wow. after that moment. So, yeah. And we're seeing that right now, taking place.
0: Man, who did I hear that was going to run on the Democratic ticket in twenty twenty? Um, he's a he's a businessman. Is he is he Democrat or yeah for the Democrat party? But he's he's another big it wasn't Bezos, but it was like a
1: big like you know billionaire. was not the CEO of uh, Starbucks? Isn't, was yes, 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 yes. He was, trying to, he was trying to make he, a presidential bid. He announced bid. that
0: he was going to... Yeah, that he was going to try to run for president. Wow. What do you think about that? That's interesting. It is, right? I didn't get a word from him or anything. <laughs> when I heard that, I thought, man, that's fascinating. Yeah. Because that's not good for the Democratic Party, from what I've heard. Because it's going to split things up too much if they get too many people running. And they, you know... Yeah. They, well... But it is kind of interesting as far as how the disruptive force that Trump has been to the political, the political scene in that he, there's no way he should have made it in. Right. Right. Like there's no way he should be the president of the United States. Right. Like uh, uh, nobody, you know what I'm I'm saying? Like as far as I'm not talking about in the prophetic or prophets, I'm just talking like in the natural, like on both sides of the aisle, nobody thought he was going to do it.
1: Yeah. I think (laughs) people are still trying to figure out like if it, if it, if he's, if God is in it, (laughs) And I feel like if you're listening to this right now, you're trying to figure that out. (laughs) You might have missed the boat already because it's pretty much, you know, God's, God's doing his thing. Yeah. You know, and, um, it's not, it's not a Republican or democratic thing. Like when I, we've talked about this before, like when, when, when it comes to prophecy, you can't say anything that God's not saying. Right. You just say what God says. Right. And then many people will interpret it the way that they have interpreted it through their own lens. Right. And you can't help the way that people interpret it. Right. Because once it happens, that's why I've just decided not to respond to certain things. Sure. People can, you know, I'll post a word. I'll even do a video about something. And people will interpret that a million different ways. They'll say, you know, all kinds of things that I never said, nor did God say in that word. And I want to go back and say, no, that's not what God's saying. And that's not, you know, that's not what he spoke to me about. But the Lord just said, Le- leave it alone. Once it's fulfilled, then you go back and then you. Discuss this prophetic word, and that's what we've been doing. So I'll release a prophetic word. Once it happens, then after it's over with, I, I I'll I'll show like what happened, and you know, well, the people that attack you on on some of the words
0: that you give, they're not people that don't believe in prophecy, right? It's not, and they're not non Christians. So the people that attack you aren't Democrats, for right. for the most part. For the most part, right? right the right. people that attack you. Are people that do believe in prophecy, right? And they do believe that gifts are for today. But they're also usually people that believe that God is Republican and American. And even though they might not admit that, or they might just straight up admit that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the truth is, like any any scholar, any theologian will tell you, like like there's no way that you can make, uh, like like that's just the, one of the most ignorant things that you could ever assume is that like God Himself is a Republican. And um, and American, and that it's the will of God for America to always win, and for a Republican to always win. But if that's your, if that's your, if that's the paradigm, if that's the platform that you're operating from, is that you know? Then if you hear the Lord speak about favor for somebody that's not a Republican, and you're operating from this presupposition that God is white republican you know american with a big beard you know with a texas flag hanging up in his bedroom up in heaven right you're gonna be radically tra- like and so that's the thing is like okay so what is god saying and how do you know that god's really saying it because if god's really saying it most likely it's going to be offensive to probably everybody and like that's one of the things even the old testament prophets offended Everybody, Right. Right. And so that's, that's one of the things that, I mean, I love who you are as a person, but that's one of the things I love about, um, about your words is that the, a lot of times you'll give a word and that's not even, it It, it was, I know it's coming from God because it's not even the kind of thing that you would come up with. It wouldn't even be your will. Like if you could write history, you wouldn't write it this way. Right. Right. But you're just kind of, you're hearing from the Lord and then you're delivering it. The sad part is, is that because of basically people's immature and and then, Let's just, you know, a lot of it is just straight up bad theology. Like when you, when you hear, read these books and I don't think we've necessarily talked about this before, but you know, people read these books where they believe that like they, that God has a covenant with America. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like the harbinger and, and, and all that kind of like right. people And Jonathan Khan, you know, rabbi Jonathan, Cahn, I, I know he's a sharp, he's a sharp guy, very smart, you know, and looking at, you know, all these comparisons between America and Israel and it's interesting, but it's not biblical. Like you can't, you can't do that with the Bible. You end up in a real weird place where you find yourself attacking people <laughs> instead of, you know. And I, you probably don't want to necessarily get into that, but I do think you know that people, um, that we we we've got to uh, check ourselves before we wreck ourselves because there's a lot of ignorant people attacking. People like you on Facebook, when, when honestly, and I, and I can say this, but honestly, they don't have any idea what they're talking about.
1: Well, yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's good, Darren. Uh, it's you true, know, man. Um, it's true. You know, I, I, when it comes to America in judgment, mm-hmm. like America is going to be destroyed. Yeah. You know, and God is going to destroy America. Beginning with California. Yes. Yeah. He hates California more than any other state. I'm sorry, to tell you that that's not going to happen right i mean um america just if you just take in the natural america sends out more missionaries than anyone else in the world right they give more money to the gospel than any other country in the world and um god has has a has a plan for america but he has a plan for the whole entire world and um yeah, so it's it, it's definitely not the, it is the end times, but I believe in a, a gospel of hope and redemption, I believe prof- prophecy is redemptive yeah. in nature. And whenever you have something that is always pointing towards destruction, devastation, and there's no redeeming quality whatsoever, I would say that that is not God, but that is the devil. Because the devil is typically never going to have anything redemptive to say about it.
0: Yeah, and honestly, with, with a lot of these words that I hear, um, I, I don't really give them much attention. Because the problem is is that when you have a, a one kind of person, and, and their um, their token word is always judgment, and they've built a ministry platform based off of a message of judgment, and let's just call it what it is, condemnation. Right. Like it's, it's, it's not a message of good news. It's a message of condemnation that God is angry at you because you're a sinner. Right. Right. And now God's going to kill you. And, um, and now take that and compare that to Jesus, right? Like Jesus said, Hey, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And does that look like when you read read an article on, on a blog on Facebook, right? Um, I'm just trying you know, I could, I could, there's, there's tons of articles that have hit Facebook in the last two years regarding the judgment of God that's coming. And, um, And you look at the character and nature of God as as it's being portrayed in that article. Now contrast that to Jesus. Does it look anything like Jesus? Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right. Right? So if you want to see what the Father looks like, look at Jesus. Right. Right. And I can tell you this, that looks nothing like that, like that article. At the same time, you know, like we know, yeah, behold the, the, the goodness and the severity of God. But listen, if Heidi Baker were to come out with a word about the judgment of God, I would listen because that's not she has not built a a platform based off of wrath and judgment. Right. She's built a platform based off of one message and that's the love of God, the mercy of God, right? So if all of a sudden she came out with a message on the wrath of God, I can tell you she wouldn't be screaming anger. She'd be pleading with people with tears in her eyes. Right. Right. It'd be like, now's the time to repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. She'd be pleading with people. Yeah. And that's the thing, man, is that like, um, and I think it's important that we have this conversation because, dude, I just think that there's a lot of stuff, a lot of magazines that people need to unsubscribe from because it's going to distract them from what God wants to do in their life in 2019. Um, I like what Sean Bowles posted the other night. He's like, uh, faith comes by hearing. So what are you listening to? And he's not talking about secular music. I mean, he might be, or secular movies, or whatever, right? Now, I think that we've got to be careful if we're subscribing to Christian, and I'll put that in parentheses Christian content, even if it's prophetic content. Mm. But if it doesn't look like Jesus, man, we got to turn it off. Right. You know, if it doesn't look like, you know, what did Jesus look like? Hanging out with people he shouldn't hang out with, doing things he shouldn't be doing. Right. <laughs> Being hated on by the religious crowd, like mm. showing the, 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 the heart of his father to people that should have been disqualified to experience it. Wow. Yeah. Don't you think? I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. It's Christianity. Like, I'll give you a really interesting example recently. I mean, this is like in the last two weeks. I had had a very vivid dream and um, I was standing in this field. Of like a cornfield, and I, I posted this word. It's on our um, our Prophet's Loft. Uh, and I was face down in the ground, grabbed a hold of the soil, and I'm weeping over this field. And I and I hear footsteps coming. And when I look up in the dream, it was the governor from the from the state of New York. Wow. And this dream, I I like I say it's a dream. But more, the more and more that I have encounters in the night, they don't feel dreamish. Mm. They feel r- so real. Um, and uh, he, he started yelling at me in the dream. And he spoke to me and he said, you won't preach Jesus here and you won't pray here uh, in this state. We don't want you. Uh, you'll be charged with a hate crime if you continue to do wow. that. Wow. Wow yeah and and, That's and um, literally what I said to him I, I have it I have it like written here um, in the dream is that um, that uh, that he I said, sir, your life will constantly hang in the balance from this day forward hmm. for what you have done. You will live night and day in the fear, unsure if you'll survive. And because uh, I, I woke up and I, wow. I started to write this, and wow. I said, I, "I call to heaven and earth to record this day against you that God has set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that you, both you and your seed may live." And then I, I said, "Sadly, I see that things uh, will be taken from you uh, from the darkness until you repent." Uh, and I said, by the by the love of God I compel you to turn from your wickedness and give your life over to Jesus Christ. Wow. And like I had this whole dialogue a dialogue with him in in the dream and um, basically calling him to a place of repentance and in the dream I was weeping over him wow. because I wanted to see him born again. Wow. wow. Although God was saying like, your life is going to constantly hang in the balance for your decision of what you've done in this state right. and your persecution against me, uh, yeah, I want to see you born again. Wow. Now, wow. I think about this. When you study out the church and the martyrs of the church, you never see them like condemning even those that were persecuting them they were always trying to bring them to the love of God and repentance. And I think that that's where it it, it comes uh, with prophecy, especially with this word, because we're talking kind of about judgment in a sense. I don't believe that God destroys people's lives. What I believe is that the grace of God lifts off of someone and mm-hmm. the enemy is allowed to come in and destroy sure, them, sure, right? Sure. And if we're going to theologically kind of discuss it, I, I, you know, that's a long discussion. But what I am saying is that in this particular instance, the love of God was calling out to this man for repentance. Wow, wow, wow. He wanted to redeem him. Yeah. But it's still a choice. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's, I, I was I just saw a Facebook article posted and um, actually it wasn't an article it was just a, an update, right? Like Facebook update like how are you doing today? Like isn't that the question when you go on Facebook? Like it's like how are you feeling today? And this guy, he's a pretty well-known guy. He's like just had a dream. <laughs> he's like I, like God gave me a dream and showed me all the horrible things that he's sending to America. So tune in to my broadcast (laughs) tomorrow night so I can share with you the incredibly hideous. He's like, I can't even, I couldn't even sleep afterwards. And I was like, praise the Lord. That sounds awesome. You know, I hope to do that song. There is a river, you know, before he gives that horribly hideous, crazy, horrifying. (laughs) like Crazy. Yeah. Wow. Did you see that? You, and you, did you see that like that Facebook post you were talking about? No, I didn't see it. I have to. We're not, have to we're look not trying it to up. be mean here, but come on, like this is the stuff
1: that's happening. Well, have you noticed the other? And no? I'm also not trying to mock. No, but have you I'm ever to mock have anymore. you noticed this as well? <laughs> wow, well, this is this is a great discussion.
0: I'm not trying to make fun of anyone, but, uh, but like if I had a dream like that, right? I don't, like I would just go and pray. yeah, I'd probably pray. I'd probably tell you about it, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't be like. Tune in tomorrow night because we're going to have a revival meeting. I'm going to share this horrible thing that's about to happen. But everybody knows,
1: everyone, everyone, you kind of know that fear sells.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I don't sell any books.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah. That. Yeah. Have you ever noticed this too? Like this is, since we're on this discussion that typically people that are du- uh, judgment, doom and gloom—I uh, don't want to call them prophets—just uh, preachers. Yeah. Never win souls. Yeah. They're constantly, always preaching to the church yeah. about how horrible they are.
0: Well, because, dude. It, yeah, and it, it makes sense because if you're going to win souls, okay then that in theory means that you're going to host a meeting where there's going to be people in that meeting that, that are not saved. Right. Yeah. And so if you're going to have a meeting where you're going to be talking about just the horrible, the horrible things that God's about to do to America because he hates America, that's not going to be a very attractive meeting um, to people who don't believe in God. Right. Right? Like, Hey, do you believe in God? Uh, No, I don't. I don't, I don't believe that there's a God. All right. Then what you should do is you should come to me with this meeting tomorrow night because, we're going to hear about how God's about to destroy everything. You want to come? Like, uh, no, it's cool. You you know you can go do that. I mean, it sounds like fun, but no. You know what I'm saying? Like, versus people that are winning souls, it's because they're preaching the gospel. Right. The gospel means good news. Like, you can't change the definition of the gospel. Like, you can't change. Like, gospel means the good news of Jesus Christ. Right. Like, that's just what it means. Right. So, if everything you're saying is bad news, that... Then how like how are you going to transition to that to the gospel right? right,
1: right. but then, and, 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 and majority of sinners know that they are. Yes, when you go on yeah. the streets bro or you go and, and, and you can go to different parts of society and and I don't care if you're living in a penthouse or you're living underneath a bridge um, your sin will con- it, it kind of convicts you. But it's it's the love of God that draws a man to yes, repentance is yes, what the Bible yes, says. Yes. Right? I don't need to point out your sin. You already know you're living in that. I need to point you to the way to get you out of that place. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the gospel is I take you by the hand and I can and and really it's God taking you by the hand and lifting you out of this dirty muck and to a place of redemption and saying that, yeah, you're here in this spot, but the moment that you confess with your mouth believing in a heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead you will be saved and you become a new person in nature you become a new man so i believe in new creation realities it yeah, changed my life absolutely i lived under a teaching when i was when i was young that it was always introspect you were never right and then I got a hold of Brother Hagen, Brother Ken uh, yeah. Brother Copeland stuff. Yeah, and cool. I know it's for some people that may be, you know, word of faith or whatever. But that those teachings of the new creation reality changed my life forever. Yeah. Amen. And I can never go back. Amen. Because I because it stopped the focusing on how terrible I was. The mirror stopped reflecting onto my sin, and it started to reflect into the mirror, the word of the Lord of amen. who God had created me to be, Amen. and that I wasn't who I used to be, but now I need to discover who I am. Yeah, and, amen. Right? So if I fell and I did something wrong, I recognize that that wasn't, that wasn't me, that's my old man, and I'm still learning to walk out this new liberty that I found. And I think that's where a lot of Christians are so... Uh, Young Christians get hung up in that they they're still struggling with some things, and they don't recognize that they're already free. There's different. There's this goes back to the deliverance thing that we're talking about Mm -hmm. because there's a difference between possession and oppression. oppression, That's
0: what I believe. Yeah, 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 absolutely.
1: I believe that there's a total difference between being possessed. And being oppressed by something. And don't you also think that it's
0: not so much even about the message of judgment? It's not even about judgment itself. It's about the um, what's attracting these people to that that message. So, you know, for example, like um, Mm. these angry ministers attract angry followers and they become very vicious and poisonous on social media platforms, these people. And in fact, one of the guys that attacked you this last year in 2018, man, 2018, praise the Lord, it's over. New Year like <laughs> one of the one of the one of the guys that attacked you went right after you this last year. Mm. Um uh, I, I i knew I used to know him quite well. And um and he he at one point believed that he was prophet. And um so he went from calling himself a prophet um to denying the gift of the prophetic whatsoever. Like say so he was attacking you because you were calling yourself a prophet. Yeah. But Two years prior, he was calling himself a prophet, yeah, and taking up huge offerings for himself and everything, you know, like sewing into a prophet sort of thing, right? Thing is, he built a this is so back in the day. I remember when Periscope was a big deal, right? Like mm-hmm. it was blowing up, and um, he he built a platform on Periscope, and everybody loved him because he was like this angry prophet personality. And that anger in his own heart was resonating with that familiar spirit of anger in other people's hearts. And so he just built this whole tribe of like these vicious (laughs) kind of, it was like this weird kind of prophetic, vicious kind of thing. It's just a sad cycle because at the end of the day, it wasn't about his message. It was about his heart, right? He was out of, he was out of alignment internally and, and it resonated with other people that had the same issues yeah and that's where I, that's where i think that like man sometimes we just have to go back to, to like the fruit of spirit and just look at like where's some of these messages that we're going after like we've talked about all this stuff before off the air some of these things that are really interesting and fun to kind of meditate on and kind of go after but then at a certain point you do have to look at like what's the fruit of this then is there any glory on it right like right. if you're going to integrate it into ministry mm. there's fun stuff to kind of go after that isn't necessarily ministry based. So you don't have to be, you know, but still some of this stuff, I think we got to look at like, Hey, am I still a kind one guy I heard on, on online? He was like, and, and you know, this guy is, he said, um, behold, the kindness and severity of God. Thus saith the Lord. I tried to be kind with America. <laughs> and now I'm not to be severe. Wow. And it was like, it was like, uh, like basically what he's saying is the, the kindness of God or the love of God failed. And so mm. Now he's about to, now he's about to try the wrath card. Yeah.
1: Even though the Bible says in First John that God is love, Mm. so it's it's not that God does. (laughs) It's not that God listen. It's not that God does love. It's literally that God is love. Yeah, but but um, there are um, some people that are on Facebook who who, uh, they. Don't know a lot of theology, mm. and guys that like friends of mine. Like I have a friend who graduated from Moody, yeah, and he speaks fluent Greek, right? He reads his Bible in Greek, and yeah. he can break down texts of Scripture, and he can—I mean, he can really awesome go awesome. at it. Yeah, and he would just have a heyday with these guys, right? Right, and right. and in the Pentecostal and Charismatic stream, you don't have like a a lot of highly educated. I'm not trying to, like—I'm just—I'm sure. who I am, and my ministry is what it is. Sure. I don't try to get into deep theological discussions about things because there's certain things that are above my pay grade in, in, in some areas. Sure. But there are those guys that are, um, what I would say, Pentecostal theologians, and they're actually really good. Like Mark Sharona.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So he's got, like—I think he's got two or three earned doctorates— you know, and but and like my buddy, right? He he speaks fluent Greek and he can break it down exactly how how it is. He went to, uh, you know, accredited a real deal Moody Bible Institute and kept his Holy Ghost tongue talking, miracle working, you know, uh, base, but he's highly educated and he would just talk, he would just talk circles around most guys that would claim to know you know they would talk that judgment stuff he would just he would just
0: a good parallel is like ho- hollywood like you have a movie a horrible movie like san andreas that movie was horrible like there's nothing redemptive like that movie's just isn't the rock in that movie dwayne johnson okay you know what i'm talking about san andreas like oh yeah 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 the yeah, whole yeah. west coast like like it's like the biggest earthquake ever And the whole West Coast splits off and like drowns and like, and him and his daughter have to survive it. That's like the, one of the worst movies ever made. (laughs) And yet it made so much money. Why? Because it's fear-based and the same thing's true everywhere, you know, especially in the church. And that's where it's like, um, you can have, yeah, the smartest people are the most quiet. Right. And their books don't really sell. Because they're so smart and they're they're kind of hard to understand, but like but some of the people you know, but yeah, the fear-based stuff is really easy to understand. Right, it doesn't have to be biblical. Does it? Is it terrifying? And is it compelling? By your and then people actions. will yeah. And then the, actually the problem is that if you, if you subscribe to this, then when you do have guys like and I'll just say guys like us. That are out there, like this is the best time in human history to be alive. Like yeah. God is about to do them. Yes. Some of the craziest, like some of the most crazy revivals, the craziest testimonies, like the ministry schools we're going to see, the stuff in the nations, the stuff in technology, the stuff in medicine, the stuff that's coming. Like this is literally the best time. When we have those kind of conversations. People, people can't help but that to, to attack us because it, it 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 triggers them because they're so used to living in an atmosphere of perpetual fear. Right. Right. And so it's like it's like you know. They feel like they're being teased with good news. <laughs> they feel like they're being teased by hope. And so what are you going to do? If you en- choose to engage with that hope, awesome. Your life will change. You'll get to partner with hope. But the alternative is you lash out and attack. You know,
1: Right. Well, you remember that... Um that thing that bobby told us that he had that encounter with bob where they were in a dual trance together Mm, yeah and bob was like you can't go that high you'll see all this 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 terrible stuff yeah and bobby was like no you don't have to see all the terrible stuff you can see the good stuff too yeah and they were flying as eagles and they turned and they saw this wonderful stuff yeah um i think it's very easy to see um like darkness Mm. In the sense, uh, in the sense of like when you look at the world, you can look with the with the natural eye, and see that there's darkness happening. But what is the redemptive nature of God to see restoration and see things restored and and, and beautiful? Um, that's truly prophetic for me, because I like I was in uh, I was in Korea a couple of weeks ago, and. I got caught up into a vision. I went to I went to Chicago. Did I tell you about this? I don't think so. I think I was telling uh, Patricia La- uh, a couple nights ago. Yeah, I, I was in on and I got I'm like get caught up in the spirit, and I go to Chicago, and I'm like, why am I in Chicago right now? And I'm going through the streets on this like boat. It was like like an ark, and I was seeing like all of this like all of these people in 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 this darkness and i'm floating in this river this is like the worst river ever and i saw um the blood of jesus is coming and cleanse and i started pulling people onto this onto this 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 boat and um, i go inside of the boat and it's this massive auditorium this massive like like, oh, like stadium and um the lord says to me he says look up in the look up into the to the the rafters and i look up into the rafters and i see this banner with uh with um, 91 on it and the lord says to me he says what do you see and i said i see a banner with 91 and he says when this banner hangs high from this auditorium it will be a sign to this city that i'm bringing Psalm 91 wow and um I came out of that encounter and I thought to myself, what is that like what is that so um, I'm texting a, a buddy of mine that lives in Chicago and and I f- I figured out that it was it's Dennis Rodman's Jersey really 91 really and and the Lord spoke to me and said, um, that when when they retire Dennis Rodman's jersey, that it will be a sign of Psalm 91 resting over the city of Chicago. Wow. And that the Lord is going to touch Dennis Rodman. He's going to be saved. Really? Now, I thought, why was I taken in Korea to Chicago? What is the connection? And what I realized was that it was Dennis Rodman who first connected Trump with the dictator in north korea really i didn't know that he had yeah because you know dennis rodman's been to north korea several times i thought he lived there he doesn't live there dennis rodman yeah he went to north korea yeah and he's been several times he's friends with the dictator but he doesn't actually live there he doesn't live there oh interesting interesting and um and so um the lord connected those two things together because wow. of that of that whole thing. Wow. So there's something that's going to happen with Dennis Rodman. Wow, interesting. And, and the retiring of his jersey that is going to redeem the city of Chicago. See, I saw all the negative stuff, sure, the death sure, and destruction sure. that's there, the people that are being murdered, the drug addiction. But the Lord brought me inside of his ark or his heart to show me that he wants to redeem wow. not only the city, but onto even a man who many people feel can't be redeemed, which like sure, I mean, Dennis Rodman sure. is a, like an extreme guy. Man. Sure, absolutely. But yet his 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 jersey number is nine. Ninety-one, which I didn't know at the until I had the encounter, and then I kind of started getting the interpretation of it, and it's like, no, you know, the Lord says Psalm ninety-one. Wow! And when this banner hangs high, this will begin to take place. Wow! That's so. There's something going to happen in Chicago that is amazing. Although I saw all these terrible things, yet the redemption of what God is going to bring after this word comes to pass. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing that I think about judgment prophecy is that none of it ever happens. Hmm. And when do people begin to wake up and begin to, and I'm saying this really sure. partially on sure. this broadcast, sure. when are you going to start to wake up and realize that if the stuff doesn't come to pass, then tell me who the false prophets are? Right, right, because right. Because as long as you have a, 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 I mean, even if you had a 95% accurate ratio rate of of prophecies that were coming to pass. I would follow that more than I would listen to somebody that's been talking for 35 years about God judging America and not one thing they've said has even happened.
0: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. In fact,
1: at right now, in my opinion, America looks the brightest that it's ever been. Wow. And something is going to break.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's incredible the, the tension that exists right now. Like on one hand, you see a lot of darkness like you were talking about. On the other hand, there's at least a good light fight. It's not like the light is silent. Because, dude, like like there was a whole era where the church was silent. And it was just like the radical left was doing whatever they wanted. Right. I mean, whatever they wanted. So now there there is a radical left. Absolutely. And there's this huge crazy attempt to make the, the radical right look just... Like a bunch of racist pickets. I mean, it's crazy. Right. The narrative that's being controlled right, right now by the
1: but press. even in, in but did you notice that um, you the, say
0: radical left? It's like yeah, awesome. You say radical right, you just think of like the Klan. Right. right.
1: But did you see the guy from Virginia, the governor from Virginia, uh-uh. where he got uh, he was trying to pass that extreme abortion law oh, well, yeah, in Virginia, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it came out that he was um, he had done a photo in his. Uh, yearbook where he dressed up like a clansman i did hear about that okay so i had had a word about that mixed in with the uh, the president bush word really where i i saw that he had he was going to pass away and and it was the lord told me before the end of november of that wow. month when wow. i released that word that he was going to die and the lord said i'll uproot um the bush and he said i'm planting a new a new tree Wow. Which I believe it, it was—it was a symbol of, of President Trump, wow. like his his you know, and that like redeeming quality. But the Lord spoke to me and said in that prophetic word that it would that race baiters and those that were truly racist in their heart that were trying to divide the nation, that were um, uh, releasing propaganda and and also. Um, uh, actually racist in their heart would be exposed. Wow. So he wow. said that he said the Republican party would never look the same. The other party would be to- would be totally uh, exposed, retransformed and, and there would be there would be things that would change. And that's what's coming out right now cuz that guy uh, like when we said it's not about party, it's about heart. Right. 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 So uh yeah. Yeah, it's it,
0: this last year 2018 was crazy. Crazy. I mean, it still is pretty intense as far as the stuff that's happening politically. But with uh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh.
1: That was intense.
0: That was just a That was a 2018. I mean, uh, that'll be in the history books forever. Maybe. Because what was so interesting is that was such a fierce attack against his character. And it was so fierce and so compelling that I even found myself saying, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I, dude, I actually found out about that whole thing through through the Saturday Night Live skit. Came up on my, on my YouTube video. I watched it. I thought it was pretty funny. I thought, man, what's going on? So I went and watched the real the real interview. And I was like, this isn't funny at all. Like after I actually watched the real um, interrogation there that, that, you know, where they're asking all those questions that this isn't this isn't like the this isn't funny at all. Like what what is actually going on here? And it was so uh and I remember Bobby got on, Bobby Connor, and was like, we got to pray for truth. This is ridiculous. Like, Bobby, like, right. you know, and, but you were, you were up in that too, weren't you? Like, were where you, where, where were you at with that whole thing?
1: Well, I had prophesied that um, a year prior to that, that Kavanaugh was going to be nominated. He was going to get, so it was him. a year prior yeah. to him getting nominated. Before he even nominated, the Lord had shown me that there was going to be a Samuel that was going to be nominated. And then that, and then it, you know, uh, came out. Um, that he was this uh, Samuel Williston at, at law lecture at at, that's Har- right, that's at right, Harvard, right. yeah, yep, and that's yep. how I knew that he was the one. But that was a hard stand. That was one of the hardest, difficult things I can't I ever imagine walk
0: through. Yeah, I can't imagine. And so when you were watching, yeah, I can't imagine you'd given that word right, and then all that stuff was coming out. Right. Yeah, that must have been incredibly tough.
1: Yeah, and and the video had, for this guy. Right. The video that I posted on YouTube had, a—I think it has 100, at the time, it went viral. It had 144,000 views on it. And then those women- With came, all kinds of comments.
0: And then those women came out later on, more recently, mm-hmm. and basically said that they were given incredible sums of money to make the stories up. Interesting. Is that Like, that's just- his record is, is free and clear now. Right. There's no question regarding his innocence. Right. You know, like he was totally free, free and clear from that. And, uh, and I don't remember how many allegations there were, but the, but the, the, the that main woman that was, I forget all the, all the stuff around. She was like a doctor or something. Do you, do you remember what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. Yeah. But she ended up coming out and basically saying, yeah, it wasn't true. She made it up and that she was given an incredible amount of money to make that up. Hmm and that wasn't like on some like weird conservative like that was like on all the main but it was quick and that's the thing about news now man it's so quick yeah right Un- like unless it's like these attacks against they'll they'll let those remain but like when when actual justice begins to get exposed they'll 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 blurt it out but then they want to move right on they want <laughs> you know well, the, the, the press doesn't want to yeah yeah like, it's weird,
1: and there's so much information going out right now, too. Right, so you're getting in inundated with information. That's why we keep a track record of all the prophetic words, so that when they come to pass, like we can re-release them and let people know. You know, like this whole thing. Uh, I was talking to you today about the uh, word that I gave last year when we were in LA about the Malaysia election. Yeah, where yeah. that was a, a ruling party had been in in. in had been in power for 60 years, and we prophesied that corruption was going to be uprooted and that there was going to be a new seat in government. Well, that happened just like we said. I mean, there was like a historical election, 60-year rule overturned a um, brand-new prime minister who is the oldest, I believe, prime minister that that they've ever had. But also the corruption was uprooted in the country, um because the former president who's going to prison now w- was siphoning uh, off they just found this out like this the couple weeks uh that he had siphoned off i think 3 billion dollars from off the country wow and wow. saxton wow. uh, and uh, gold were a part of that and now Malaysia is suing that company. Did really you know that? No, yeah. no, for corruption. That's because crazy. Because they believe that they were in it, and and that t- that stock is actually tanking right. right now.
0: That's crazy. It's it's funny being in meetings with you, like you, like because I was at that meeting in LA, and so you're just doing this revival meeting, and, and there's all this revival glory, all this stuff, and all of a sudden. I'm like, man, what's going on? And there's Charlie, Elijah. <laughs> You're the word, like, like, they I love how You'll like, you'll pivot from just like, switches this, over, yeah, like from this revival meeting into this mode of getting a word from the Lord regarding a nation with all these specifics, and you know, and you, you know, you weren't up there reading, you know, there's nothing wrong with you know using an iPad or something and and writing out your prophetic word, right? But um, I haven't necessarily seen you function that way, like you right like you you're just in one mode and all of a sudden it shifts you've been like that here at sarah bible center and delivered some crazy prophetic words yeah but like one minute you're just like flowing with the holy ghost and the next second like it just goes right into this prophetic vein man it's, it's pretty awesome yeah it's pretty different
1: you don't you don't see that all the time i love that stuff man yeah yeah it's great i love the move of the spirit though yeah it's by the spirit wills come on so come on we're kind of just flowing with the holy ghost
0: yeah yeah, yeah, and we're gonna have some fun this weekend. Yeah, we we, we, we may be snowed in, but at least we're snowed in and not snowed out. That's it. Yeah, we're on the inside. I said, man, if ten people show up, we'll we'll have a Holy Ghost. It, it, amen. And, and everybody that we need to actually do a meeting actually lives either on site or just off site. And so we literally have a worship leader, a sound guy, our media guy, (laughs) our our administrator. um,
1: What's awesome is tonight the nations are going to join us. um, Yeah, come on. That's right. A media the way that it is now. We can just do a a total broadcast that will go throughout the whole entire world and people can watch it. We are connected. We are connected. People are
0: listening to this podcast. That's right. Media is so important and we don't even know the half of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And where is it going? It could, And that's another thing, um, you know, that I think the church has really missed it in. And I'm going to keep shouting, and I'm going to keep screaming it from the rooftop. Um, God wants to give technology to the church, and he wants to, us to use technology to propagate the gospel, to come influence on, the earth. On, on. And the church has constantly, for generations— had this idea that technology is of the devil Mm -hmm. and that somehow the mark of the beast is connected with technology. (laughs) And so for generations, we've allowed billions of dollars to slip out of our hands because we failed to take control of something that God had given us stewardship over. And remember, we had talked about that Bob Jones prophetic word. Back in the 80s. But the little were, TV, were little television the, sets. The little television sets. Yeah. And we said, you know, how many people think that that was so amazing that he saw people worshiping from these, what well, we know to be iPhones. My question is, is why didn't anybody say, I want to make that iPhone? Right, right, right. You know, they're, they're, Christians are still thinking that every little thing, AI technology... All this stuff is demonic in nature, but it really has to do with who controls it. That's true. Whether it's going to be, you know, for the Lord or whether it, whether it will be for darkness. Yeah, it's true. It's and, true. Um, yeah. So, cause I saw when a woman goes to lands on the moon. That that's when technology is going to go to places we've never ever seen it.
0: Before. Well, it seems like technology always gets gets absorbed by these by the corporations, right? Like the these huge. So you might have a like an innovator that gets an incredible idea, but then the patent gets purchased for an enormous amount of money, so that the creator loses, um, you know, loses ownership over what they've created. Like that is that's the norm, right? Like how many innovators do you know that actually own the own their creative work like mm. and that's what makes Elon Musk so different from you know right because for the most part you have these Bill Gates out there, these smart people, but they're but they're not building something for their own business. Right? Like so they're innovating and then all of a sudden what they innovate gets purchased and they lose it right out of their own hands. So they have no creative control over what they make. So I would imagine that's happening within the church. I would imagine there are, there are Christians that are coming up with incredible ideas, but then they're selling those ideas and losing full creative control. Mm. So now Samsung has a piece of kingdom technology that was meant for the kingdom, but somebody sold it. They sold yeah. their inheritance. And don't you think that that's happening?
1: Yeah. Well, I think that every technology that comes in the earth is birthed by the church. Because when you study out revival history, you find out that there are giant leaps of technological advancement. Every time there's a move of the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And um, the church hasn't discerned, you know, what they were, what they were being handed. You know, it's like Leonardo da Vinci. He came up with so many incredible inventions. You know, and the church like labeled him as a heretic, right? right. Because he came up with a flying machine. You know? Did you ever hear the story about that? How he created this flying machine for a play for the church, like they were angels, but he he came up with this whole idea of of flight. Uh uh-uh. uh I've never heard that. From this play, and then he he was going to build the very first like airplane, but he but they but the church like. No, you know, so basically, you're 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 a heretic for thinking that and doing that. And then it wasn't until um, 1903 that the Wright brothers invented the very took the very first flight. Wow. And in 1968, the very first man lands on the moon. Wow. No, I didn't know that. Crazy. Less than a little um, over 60 years, a man very takes the first flight to a man landing on the moon. That's only that's that's less than 100 years. How would, adv- you know, the leap of technology. Hey, did you know that Nikolai
0: Tessa, that his dad was a pastor? He was a pastor's kid. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so he grew up in, in a gospel centered home, right? Wow. Like just brilliant, right? Like mm-hmm. what what he did with uh, electricity and just a forerunner and everything else. But how, again, that narrative got hijacked, you know, it, it, it was hundred years later before the truth starts to come out regarding you know Mm. it's just really interesting it's interesting how how history gets shaped a certain way wow yeah It's incredible yeah it really is no I I absolutely agree that the spirit the spirit of innovation right it's absolutely related to wisdom and revelation right totally And, and, and what you were talking about and I've heard that taught before that the moments of the greatest breakthroughs for humanity are always linked up are coordinated with the the like with these great awakenings that are released on the earth.
1: Mm. That's fascinating. Yeah, and you know people that are in the business sector they're wanting truth. I was when I was in Korea I met with a uh, um, a man and his wife and his son actually ended up coming to the meeting and I've been praying for these guys for a whole year and uh, they're in the car they're in the automotive industry. And um, they make car parts for Mercedes and all these different ones. And their, their car company from one year until now went from like, I think it was like way down, man. Now they're number three. They're number three out of the whole entire industry. Wow. wow. And and um, and uh, we've been praying for their company for an entire year. Well, their son came to the meeting with me, you know, because they wanted to meet again. And they wanted me to pray for him prophesy over him and stuff and their son wasn't even born again and he came to the meeting and uh he actually came to the oil the the service where i was annoying people and he went into a trance and didn't know what it was wow he asked me at the meeting and this is like he's he's right alongside with his dad like you know a business partner and he's like what was that that came over me and then the lord gave me a word for him i i saw like a um a date uh, and a month written over the top of his head. And I was in the elevator with him. I said, what is uh, the, uh, I said, who's born in the month of February? And he said, uh, and then I gave him a date. And he said, oh, that's my birthday. And he said, my dad's born in the month of February. So is my son. And like, I gave him this word about a generational blessing. and He totally opened up to the gospel through the prophetic. And like, here's a guy that's running and, and they're coming and they're asking, you Know what is the next, yeah? You know, thing that's going to happen in the world,
0: man. I think that like there's some awesome opportunities for disruption for from the kingdom. And for example, like when you think of entertainment, like the like the, the how disruptive like Netflix has been and Amazon Prime, they've tried to be disruptive, you know, but Hulu, these different ways that people are absorbing content, mm-hmm. and how they put video stores, like do you remember Blockbuster? <laughs> Do we remember it? Yeah. Do you remember blockchain? I <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, 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 like, yeah. And like these, dude, so there are companies like uh Kodak, Duracell, you know, Polaroid. Like there are these companies that um it's just a matter of time. They're not going to be around anymore. Like right. there's not going to be any more batteries. There's not going to be, you know, but when you look at, for example, like we were talking about this yesterday. So I did the press. There really hasn't been anything. Disrupted. That's taken place in the last twenty years when it comes to the way that the the way that Americans are receiving their news. Yeah. So you have newspapers, and then you have like cable news type stuff. Someone's going to disrupt that, right? I was just thinking about today, like for example, because okay, think about this. Like nobody really trusts the press. Not uh, even on the left, people they don't really trust the press because you hear these these numbers and stuff. So imagine if there was like. Imagine if there was a way that you could receive your news, but it's using analytics and, and like, not analytics, but um, algorithms to actually fact check the news real time against uh, against right and left content. Like, imagine if there was some sort of accountability for right. the right and the left. Right. Like, nobody's done that yet, but somebody could. Come on. So I was thinking about, like, the, the the press, right? Like, if you're doing it to serve humanity without a right agenda or a left agenda, like, and that's, those are the companies that really that make it it's the Mm -hmm. companies that go into it originally with the intent of serving humanity without an agenda. Yeah. And then, but secondly, the hospitality industry is due for a major disruption and the kingdom of God. Like if there's anything that we've been called to, it's the ministry of hospitality. Like, like if like there should be a chain, like, like Trump is famous for his hospitality, for his heart for hospitality, right? With the Trump towers with it, like you all over the world and stay at his hotels and all these different places. But if anybody should be able to d- be a disruptive agent within hospitality, it should be the church. There's opportunities to serve people through hospitality from whether you're reaching the elites or the poorest of the poor. That, that that's a, an area to, to to massively. When you think about it, the only disruption in the hospitality industry has really been Airbnb, right? And VRBO. But that was very disruptive to the hotel industry. Yes. But come on. that We're talking about like an app. We're talking about like a website you know like dude there's major opportunity for incredible finance yeah you know but also to bless the earth and uh man maybe somebody's going to listen to this that you know please do that they'll innovate but they won't sell they won't sell out sell it out yeah
1: well i thought that yesterday when you were doing your the interview with with Patricia when you brought that up that was like mind blowing to me cuz i i thought wow like of all the Mountains that people are talking about. <laughs> right. No one's talking about taking the the news like back, and that's the true media mountain,
0: right? Because yeah. when we talk about media, it's a different mountain than entertainment, right? I mean, everyone's always talking about entertainment, not media. And when they think of media, they immediately think of Hollywood, right? Media is not Hollywood, right? Right, like totally. And I had never thought about it prior to yesterday morning. It was like just during worship. I I thought about that. I like, oh yeah. and my 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 take was well, that's interesting. I'm mean, gonna ask Patricia about it. Wow, you know, wow. But you, man, there's opportunity, and I think that's the other thing, right? Like the the areas where it's, it's easiest for us to complain and be like, man, this is damaged, this this is lame, and to point fingers. Th- those are the opportunities where there's opportunity to make a lot of money,
1: hmm. but also to really bless the earth. Come on, and humanity needs to be blessed yeah absolutely absolutely and the church needs to be those that are going to bless it
0: yeah absolutely and th- those are the lenses we need right. And people with good news lenses they're the ones that are going to see the opportunities mm. right because people with the judgment lenses they're expecting bad news so they're not expecting to be a blessing they're, right. they're going to be like yep yep they said there's gonna be days like this right this is like I, I remember i read somewhere like the the diff- the the with the brilliance of the jewish investors you know when there's blood in the streets by real estate. Mm. <laughs> you know, like when everybody's like, "No, it's the end of the world." Somebody is investing. Wow, yeah. It's it, it's it's the mindset, man. Yeah. And it's about really being a people of tomorrow. And that's what we've been called to be in the kingdom. Right. Right? That we're tomorrow people. Come on.
1: And so we see the opportunity in the uh, today. Yeah. And and in order to see the in-time harvest, it's going to take finances. That's right. That's right. Lots of yeah, huge finances. In, yeah. Order, in order to do it right. Yeah, millions of dollars <laughs> to to preach the gospel around the world. Yeah, and and to not just um do do crusades, but also to feed you know people that are starving. Yeah, absolutely. And why 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 do we why do we um, rely upon governments to do that when the, the, we should be the government? That's taking care of the world. Yeah, that's right. The church. That's right. We should be the ones that are feeding the masses. That's right. You know, but that's going to take people getting a revelation of the end time uh, transference of wealth Mm. that the Bible talks about. I'm totally a prosperity preacher <laughs> i'm definitely not an hey, I'm, poverty. Sorry. I'm sorry i, I i'm not even gonna apologize i'm a prosperity N- no because i, I because if you poverty poverty is a curse yeah you can't yeah. do help anyone yeah it's true and and but when you're blessed, you can help many people yeah that's right and if people knew how much it costs to do crusades. How much it costs to do building funds to build local churches so that you know you you the you know you have a nice facility that people can come into um if they would start to understand kingdom, then they would start to invest in that kingdom you know that's one thing that i i I looked at in other religions that they have um they have kind of a corner market on, like, especially the, like, Muslim tr- uh, religion. Mm-hmm. They understand kingdom like no another. Wow. They look at everything as Islamic kingdom. That's right. That's they come right. into a city. They don't, They the very first thing they do is they start to multiply. Yeah. They, they then they buy up the real estate. Yeah. They start businesses. Yeah. They make those businesses Muslim businesses. Yeah. So you're giving into their system when you when you go to a store that is owned by an, a person of Islamic faith and you give them their money, you just gave to the kingdom. And what is it,
0: Jeremiah? Thirty is Rambo man, and you know in India that's mm. his. Like I, I forget where, where it is, but basically like go in, take wives plant gardens, start businesses like, and he's taken that mandate into his church. He's like, everyone in our church needs to own their own business. They need to own their own home. They need to, and it's, 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 we need, or that's how we'll take dominion is by taking responsibility, not working for people, but having people work for us. And yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Well,
1: that's what happened in Dearborn, Dearborn, Michigan. You know, they do, they do um, Muslim, Prayer calls over loudspeakers in in Dearborn, Michigan. Now, no, I didn't know that. Yes, and it happened wow. fifteen years ago wow. because one family, one one Muslim family, moved into that town, and now they run the entire government of the city. Crazy, and they just multiplied, and so they I didn't took over that. everything. They took over the banks. They own everything in the city now. We should go there and buy some real estate. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Come on. But Christians don't. Uh, We're changing it. That's right. That's right. Christians do think this way. Yeah, that's right. Because, you know, if you have a kingdom business and, you know, you're giving, you're giving comes, uh, you know, releasing finances for the preaching of the gospel, there's no way that your business can't be blessed.
0: Yeah. It's a radical paradigm shift. I was thinking about it even just at at the end of 2018 with that Epcot word, that experimental prototype, Community of Tomorrow, Mm. thing I was telling you about. And, um, and it was like the Lord said, I I want you to build a city. Like, I want you to take on a city mentality not a church mentality and sure a city needs to have churches, but you need to think like a city. So you need to be thinking about business and commerce community, right? Entertainment. Like you need to be thinking about education. Education has got to be a huge component. Like the kingdom has to take back education and I don't need public education. We've got to take back, we got to start to innovate and start to provide affordable education for everybody. That mm. that uh, that's what I think is is a, education is a responsibility of the church, not the government. We do not want the government educating our children. Right, that is not the government's responsibility. Like the church created the, the educational system, right? Like right. that's our deal. And but we've totally abandoned that that place. And then the private education is ridiculously expensive. It's for the it's for the affluent, and it shouldn't be private education. Should be for the poorest of the poor right Mm. like and so um we've got to start thinking this way we gotta start thinking like we gotta stop thinking like employees start thinking like employers yeah you know what i'm saying yeah this conversation that right and i'm not talking about just like every every every, if you're a christian you need to be thinking about leadership you need to be training your children to think like leaders because the the educational system will not try to get your kid to think like a leader they're they're going to try to teach your children how to be accepted Right, like like you act this way, you perform this way, you'll get accepted into the thing, into the machine, into the system. Right. But the people that the the cultural influencers, they don't think that way. Like the people that are shaping the culture, they do not think like I want to fit in. Come on. Right, and like so, we cannot allow Babylon, Mm. the Babylon system, yeah, to tell our kids like here, here's how to fit in in Babylon. That, right. That cannot be. We we like we to a great degree, we all we all we've all kind of bought into that kind of system. Like it's time to you know, it's time to go into Babylon and flip
1: it. Come on. <laughs> Have you seen uh the the Cana land in Nigeria uh-uh. with um David Oedepo? No, but you told me about it. It's the largest church in the world. It's, now. A city. it's over a million. That's where the that's where the Muslims try to come in and y- Yeah, and he, he said he'd said that about, you know If they kill them and and if you find them, don't even wake me up in the morning. Yeah, they formed their own army. They defended their city. Yeah, and but but there's over thirty thousand people that live right on the campus. They say if a child is born in the sanctuary, that he would never have to leave until he was twenty three years of age because they have their own university, which is the top university in the nation. Wow. And uh, Oyedepo has eight jets. (laughs) <laughs> That's how blessed he is. Wow. Wow. I mean, and, and, you know, eight sure. different jets, maybe for different things. Sure. And then um, uh, Inak Ayaboye, which is redemption. I can't think of the, the whole, the denomination, but he's in Nigeria too. Wow. Well, they just built a, they're building a stadium church in Houston. Did you know that? You told me about that. Yeah. And they're paying cash for it. <laughs> how many people will, will say oh like seventy thousand. Seventy thousand. Something in something dude center. that's the seahawks stadium yeah 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 wow and that's crazy yeah some of uh, the probably guys that are listening I to the podcast wouldn't even know who the men that we're talking about are no 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 i wonder when that's going to be completed i don't know we gotta go to that dude there are, yeah it's it's an, it's intense but um there's guys like this all over the world. Like I was telling you about Cashaluna in uh, <laughs> yeah. in uh, Guatemala, yeah. Yeah. has churches well over fifty thousand people, and just transformational like glory on that guy. Where you know even the soil from the farmers, they're planting their crops, and they're they're like four times the size. That they're supposed to be, and and scientists are going down there asking, "Why is this happening?" And they're like, "Well, it's just the glory of God on on wow. the crops." Wow, well, I love it. I love you it. You know, you look at Cho and what he did in in Korea. Um, I mean, yeah, and uh, Paul at at Anomi, I believe is his name. He's in Nigeria too. He just built the dome church, which is the largest structure that uh any of any congregation it fits um I don't want to I don't want to underestimate um so I'm going to say it fits at least 80,000 people wow wow and that's a church service wow can you, yeah can you imagine and he's with Oya Depot that's awesome yeah that's awesome so i
0: can't I mean we can do this in America yeah come on that's right i want to go to some of these places get some ideas yeah <laughs> come on that's awesome man it's been good yeah it's been fun we touched so many different things yeah we did it's always fun yeah but it gets us thinking all it, i think these kind of conversations just in, get you thinking in different kinds of way like i i start to think differently after yeah, these yeah. kinds of conversations and and you also see just the um man that we have like an obligation to figure some of this stuff out like not just to talk about it but to like inspire other people to you know but there's an obligation
1: there's somebody out there that's going to do it.
0: Yeah, but you just got to be to begin thinking differently and not to partner with some of the just the ridiculous conversations that are taking place. Like some of these things, we can't just be triggered by. It. We actually have to ignore it because there's just not enough time. Right, the and thought.
1: I'm and I'm glad that we have stuff on recording now. Yeah, because it's not going anywhere. That's right. So in that's 25 right. years, if someone listens to this, they'll say, "Wow, we're still here." Wow. Right, you know what I'm right. saying. Like, right. if Jesus comes back tomorrow, great. Yeah, California's not an island. Yeah, right. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep preaching the gospel. Floating out there by Maui. Oh goodness. <laughs> I'm gonna keep preaching the gospel. <laughs> I'm gonna keep believing. That's right. America is gonna be saved in 25 years from now. It's going. To, it, we'll, we'll, we'll look back on it and say it's gonna Man. be crazy. Yeah, it's gonna absolutely be crazy. That great awakening
0: happened. Yeah, yeah. And 25 years from now, and we're still young. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Come
0: on. It's <laughs> been good. All right, bye. Much love.